Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What is good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the midweek edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. I want to welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you could just take one or two seconds to go ahead and give us a five-star review, that would be extremely helpful. Why is it helpful? Well, it helps us in search engine population, whether it's with the topics or subject matter we discuss or just people looking for um, our podcast in general. It helps bring us to the top. So that's really important. And if you want to take an extra step and give us a written review, that'd be incredible. We love hearing from our listeners and you guys have been overwhelmingly positive. We really do appreciate it. And it's because of listeners and supporters and readers like you guys that really make this possible. So please take a few seconds, at least give us a five-star review. But if you want to take that extra step and give us a written review, we'd appreciate that as well. Well, today's episode is filled as usual, and I want to hit some quick things. We're going to talk about local Anchorage politics. We're going to talk about state politics. We're going to talk about national politics and how all of this affects us as Alaskans. And one of the first things that we want to talk about is really the Recall Rivera effort. Uh, specifically how much money each side has raised and and what does that mean for the outcome. So uh, after looking at the 30-day reports, uh, it's very interesting what has taken shape here. The Recall Rivera effort, or the the effort to get Rivera off of the assembly, has raised about $9,700, a little bit more than $9,700. Very effective campaign. About 3,000 of that comes from three individuals. The rest of it from uh, contributions from individuals in that district, but they've raised a little over $9,700. In contrast to what we're going to call the no recall group, which raised a little over $8,700. Now, out of that $8,700, they owe about 1000 of that to the Alaska Democratic Party for uh, access to their database. But if you look at this, it's very interesting to see that the money has come from very different locations. The money for the recall of a Rivera effort or the effort to get him off the assembly has come from individuals, people within that district. Uh, so you have Russell Biggs, Rosemary Brocard, and Roger Briley. And again, other individuals. With the no recall group or the people trying to keep him on the assembly, it's really come from organizations. So 1,000 from the National Education Association Alaska PAC, another 1,000 from the AFL-CIO and then $450 from the acting mayor's wife as well. So it's just in stark contrast to where funds are coming from. And what it really shows is the grassroots effort of the Recall Rivera um, folks who have now officially gotten the recall effort on the ballot, which is which were mailed out, were started to be mailed out March 15th this past Monday. So that'll be an interesting thing to see moving forward is how much momentum has the Recall Rivera effort actually garnered. Are you going to see a change in this? Are people going to vote to remove him from the assembly? And, you know, we're just going to have to see after much has been talked about and a lot of frustration and a lot of 
uh, support to see uh, Felix removed from the assembly. We'll see if that actually turns into practice when it comes to voting efforts. So just something to watch out for. I thought it was very interesting read. Felix has tried everything he can to ensure people that he's for the people, by the people, uh, and Long will stay for the people. When uh, many I know from being in those protests through the summer of 2020 and into the fall and winter were not of that mindset. They did not think Felix Rivera was for them. They did not think they were actually getting a representative that represented their needs, their wants, their desires in terms of their district. So um, there has been a lot that has been launched out by Felix in the last couple of weeks to ensure people that are going to be voting, hey, I'm for you. Look what all I'm doing. Or to try to marginalize and and make people feel like um, those who oppose Felix are all of these categories, anti-science people, people that uh, don't believe, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I, I Listen, there's so much stuff that has been thrown out by Felix and his team about why those who oppose him being on the assembly are anti this or anti that it, it's been overwhelming actually and a lot of it i have to say is creative writing at its best it really has been creative writing at its best some of the stuff i've read that he's put out there has been wow that is that is fan fiction if i've ever seen it so just be on the lookout for that it's going to be very interesting to see exactly what happens moving forward but regardless um the recall rivero folks have got that recall effort on the ballot. And so we will see from there what the people want. Transitioning now to more national news, the uh, American Rescue Plan has you know, kind of been presented forward by the Biden administration. And I want to look at some of the numbers that are going to affect Alaska with this plan. And I think it's important for all you to look at because I want to be uh, very cognizant of how this money is spent. I think one of the things we learned in the CARES Act fund uh, distribution is that a lot of the people did not appreciate how or what that money was spent on. Obviously, AO66 is a prime example, money being spent on hotels and motels and buildings to house uh, homeless and to create centers and things that were really pushed back against from a lot of the municipality, or at least people that were going to be affected by those purchases. And yet, many of the local decision makers on the assembly decided that regardless of what the people want, we're going to do what we want. And so again, that's why you have this recall effort for Rivera. And many others were, were tried in that, but but failed. This is the only one that actually went through in the recall efforts for the assembly members. With that being said, let's look at, uh, you know, according to the White House, what the American Rescue Plan will provide for this state, our state, Alaska. So I'm going to run through a, a bunch of bullet points. And again, you can find this all on mustreadalaska.com. And it's under the uh, the title, Where the American Rescue Plan Will Be Spent in Alaska. And I'm just going to bullet point this because Suzanne did a great job of doing that. $1.45 billion will be in state fiscal relief. $250 million will be in local fiscal relief. And about $370 million will be in relieving our schools, so K through 12. Now, let's just pause there for a second. My whole issue, and I think everybody's issue after the CARES Act funds uh, deba- you know, debacle, is accountability and transparency in how these funds are going to be used. By and far, that is, that is the thing. 
I think Alaskans are tired of hearing we're going to get money and not seeing it come to their pockets, not seeing it come to businesses' pockets, not seeing our economy being restarted by all this. What they're tired of is seeing crazy funds being spent on crazy things that do not help Alaskans. Okay? Do not help the majority of Alaskans. We are now segregating and segmenting populations to help as opposed to looking at the greater Alaskan need and providing relief for that. So it'll be interesting, okay? I wonder exactly what the $1.45 billion will be used for. Same with the $250 million for local relief. What does that actually mean? Local relief for what? Where is that going to? What coffers is that going to be uh, placed in? Again, somebody decided... Very interesting. So that when PPE loans were handed out, there was a website that actually tracked and based every PPE loan that was given in the amounts that were given for organizations and nonprofits. Fine with that. Great with that. Are we going to do the same for these funds? Do we even get transparency and visibility into that is a great question as well. But nonetheless, I think there's going to be a lot of questions around how these funds are going to be raised. Uh, Excuse me how these funds are going to be spent. Now, out of the $370 million, are we talking about wages? How much is going to wages? How much is going to rebuilding the schools? How much is it is going to, um, I mean, what are we talking here? That's my question, is how are these going to be spent? Moving on. Uh, $1,400, again, this is kind of the, quote, American stimulus package here. 1400 will be given per person here in Alaska for that, that quote, stimulus. That, that includes about 430,000 adults and 193,000 kids, 84% of all the adults in the state and about 85% of all the children in the state. Then we're going to have a 1600 per child tax credit for families, and that'll, be, that'll apply to about 167,000 children. Okay, so um, a little bit less than what's going to be given for the fourteen hundred per person s- stimulus, and then uh, the two other areas that we're looking at. Uh, one is is a thousand dollars through a earned income tax credit, and then there's a there's an insurance premiums lowering for for individuals that are sixty year old couples earning seventy five thousand, I think, a year or something like that. That that affects a smaller amount of people. But regardless, there is going to be money coming into the state. Many people are going to receive that 1400 per person uh, stimulus check. Uh, we got the 600 under the Trump administration and you know the Biden administration promised 2000 but apparently that 600 that was given under the Trump administration counts towards that. So that's why you're getting the 1400 The bottom line is this, is it's great... Uh, yeah, uh, this is going to cost the people in this country years of taxation. So my bottom line is this: if you're gonna if you're gonna create debt for generations, what are you trying to do to relieve people right now? And that is the problem I'm having. The numbers don't add up. I'm really concerned about what the 1.45 billion is going to be spent on the 250 million for local relief and the 370 million for schools. I I don't I don't know what that looks like. And again, this is high level 36,000 foot view of what this American rescue plan is going to do. The bottom line is this. 
there's already a distrust in how politicians and local officials are spending money. If you want to exasperate a problem, this is the way to do it. To give just money blindly and hoping that it's going to filter down to the Americans that need it. The people, the Alaskans that need it. That's what I'm concerned about. So I'll be interested to see long term what this looks like and how this plays out. Until then, again, there's a lot of distrust in how local politicians, local decision makers, and even statewide as well. I think a lot of people had an issue with how the state handled the CARES Act fund monies. But regardless, I think there's a lot of just general distrust all across the board, but especially when it comes to spending money from the government because it just hasn't panned out well, particularly here in Alaska. I mean, again, we go back to AO66. We go back to the fact that it took forever to get money out to small businesses. Meanwhile, box stores are open and raking in money because of the only thing that's allowed to have people in it. And if you're telling me that masks were important, but you're going to cram sardine people into Costco, Walmart, Fred Meyer, you name it, it was open. I'm okay with their stores being open, but give the small and medium businesses the opportunity to be open too. That's all I'm saying. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this looks. Uh, let's let's go to federal news uh, that affect our state. So uh, one of the big hoopla's that happened uh, was that Senator Sullivan said yes to Holland's confirmation. So as many of you know, Deb Holland uh, is was uh, up for the Secretary of Interior job, and Senator Sullivan said yes, voted yay for that to happen. Um, lot lot. A lot of concern. And rightfully so. Holland and her team are are extreme Green New Deal people. Uh, she has taken public positions for the Green New Deal. She was a co-sponsor on the Green New Deal. She wants to prohibit gas and oil leasings and exploration and development of natural resources. She wants to do that. Her complete understanding of it is it just shows and again i'm going to write this down and this is from uh senator sullivan's explanation as a congresswoman holland took positions publicly co-sponsoring the green new deal prohibiting all gas and oil leasing on federal lands and displaying hostility towards alaska native people systems just because they were different from the lower 48 model she is familiar with that i believe would clearly negatively impact alaska and america in normal times this would be an easy no vote he wrote but i'm going to read the rest of this he goes on to say these are not normal times our state's economy and our working families are under pressure stress and assault due to the pandemic and the biden administration's initial hostile actions towards alaska i.e stopping development putting a moratorium on those leases in our resource development sector. I believe that my vote to confirm Congresswoman Holland as Secretary of the Interior, get ready for this, may enhance our my ability to successfully advocate for a ceasefire in the Biden administration's war on the Alaska economy and working families. Okay? Tit for tat. That's what that means. Let me finish up this this paragraph. We need all the help we can get, particularly from the head of an agency, the Department of Interior, that wields enormous power over our state and our economy. So let me just break it down for you for those of you boys and girls that that are, you know, either 
fresh to politics or are still mad at, at Senator Sullivan. The bottom line is this. It was going to be a problem anyways, right? Holland was going to get passed. We The, the, the Republicans and, and conservatives do not have a stranglehold on the Senate anymore. She was going to get confirmed. I am assuming at this point that Sullivan had many conversations with Holland about Alaska, about our economy, about the fact that our percentages of our economy that are based on oil and gas production, exploration, development, etc. And I've got to assume that at some level, at some level, a confirmation affirmative, a, a yay for her confirmation, would yield some relational political clout when it comes to Alaska. I would have to assume that. There's no other reason why, and he said that, there's no other reason why he would vote yay. And I'll quote his last part in the in the paragraph I read prior to this. In normal times, he, he writes, this would be an easy no vote. So he admits his hands are a bit tied here. And to vote no for a confirmation for a, for a Secretary of Interior who holds so much power, I want to let you know, 66% of Alaska lands is under federal jurisdiction. So they yield tremendous power in what we can and can't do in this state, which is a problem that needs to be addressed. That's for another topic. Knowing that she was going to get confirmed, he had to find a way to make a deal. And I'm assuming that's what he did. He made a deal. He got a deal done behind the scenes, a handshake, an understanding, a head nod, something that said that this administration and this particular secretary of the interior would not destroy Alaska. I have to believe that. I have to believe that. And I think when I just read that last paragraph, that's what Senator Sullivan's saying. It's like, listen, my hands are tied. She's going to get confirmed. So I might as well try to get a deal out of it. Nobody likes politics. Listen, I get it. It's not what you want. But to to support and to get your constituents what they need, as we've seen in the local level, in the state level, sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do to ensure that Alaska, our state, does not die under the pressures and the battle and the war that's being waged by this administration on oil and gas. If you like your job, if you want to keep your job, and you're an oil and gas worker, this is how you get to do it. You've got to play ball at some level. It's not nice. We don't like it. But that's that's what it is. It is what it is. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, she could, they could, the administration could completely say, nope, we're not doing that. We are, we are decided not to do that. And that is absolutely true. But wouldn't you like to go in with some equity as opposed to none or negative because you voted no? I mean, that's the question. What do you want? He votes no. They hold it against him. That's politics, people. That is politics. But that doesn't mean that our state can't do something about it. That doesn't mean our state can't, can't come together in a bipartisan effort. And let the Biden administration and the Department of Interior and its secretary know that we are not too pleased with what they're doing. And we're going to find every means, ways, and everything possible to make it known. And that's what we did. That is what we did. As the House passed 
a bipartisan resolution that has simply chastised the Biden administration for the moratorium on Anwar, stopping the exploration, stopping the leases, stopping effectively everything. And generally, this was a almost unanimous passed resolution in the House, with the exception of a few people. We'll get into that in a minute. And I quote, reflecting a united effort by Alaskans to defend their state's energy. This is part of the, I'm reading from the the actual resolution. Again, I'll start from the beginning. Reflecting a united effort by Alaskans to defend their state's energy rights against a, and this is an important term, hostile, hostile federal administration. Excuse me, that's according to a statement from the House Republicans. And I agree with that. This administration is extremely hostile to not just our state, not just our state's industry, but generally to anybody opposed to anything they believe that should happen, any policy they believe they enact. So this was a strong, strong statement, and I and I like it. Hey, listen, we can we can have differences on a lot of things, but when it comes to the vitality and the actual thriving ability of our state's economy, we have to be united in that. We have to. We have to be deni- uh, united in that. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we have a, a large number of people in the House who believe that natural resource exploration and development is a key component to our state's economy. I would say nailed it. Finally, can we be united in that? I think so. We I, Listen, everybody in that house, the Senate, local, they have to understand something. If oil and gas go, Alaska goes. It'll be hard. This state will dwindle. Sure, you can have education and healthcare here, but that's only going to hold so many people. This state will die. And it'll be turned into what I think the Biden administration truly wants, which is it to be just a just a really great national state park like the the best the cream of the crop has everything that's not what i want i love the beauty of alaska that's why i'm here but don't get me wrong we need this state to be vital we need this state to produce oil gas we need to get it out of here we need to to be able to explore and and find more avenues for natural resource development and so i i was proud of the house but not everybody wanted to get on board. And there were three in particular that decided not to, and two who weren't even present for the vote. So let's go with the not present people. I have Greer Hopkins, and then there's a good old Zach Fields, a convenient absence for Mr. Fields, who certainly is around and likes to be known. A convenient absence for Mr. Fields. Listen, I think it's pretty clear as to why. I don't agree with it. I think he should have been there. I think he should have been a part of it. But Hopkins and Fields, absent. Nowhere to be found in a really binding bipartisan resolution that says to the federal government, we don't like this. Our entire state and our representatives, who are just as volatile, opposing one another, came together and agreed on this. Now, what's even worse is those who decided to oppose it. But it Listen, it's not a surprise. 
So I'm going to get to two of them first and quickly go over them. And then I'm going to get to the one that I'm really concerned about because that has a ripple effect down the line. Sarah Hannon and Jaron Tarr voted against this resolution. But the one who really catches my eye is Liz Snyder from District 27. And I'm sure many of you know about Liz Snyder, especially those who were with us at Must Read Alaska during the fall elections. Liz Snyder was a beneficiary of what I would consider a scam in Alaska. And by that scam, I mean that we had Al Gross and Elise Galvin individuals coming up from the lower 48 canvassing neighborhoods, particularly District 27, and harvesting ballots. And in the midst of that ballot harvesting scheme, Snyder was the beneficiary of that. Because you can guarantee that if you're Elise Galvin's crew or you're Al Gross's crew or all the above, that you're strongly suggesting that the individual who you're helping vote, again in quotes, vote down the, down the ticket, Democrat. And the Snyder... Pruitt battle back and forth was razor thin. I can't even remember off the top of my head. 16, 12, 10 ballots at the end, difference between the winner. So it had a ripple effect. And Snyder is no, uh, she has been a proponent of this type of Green New Deal rhetoric. She likes it. Now, she did campaign on a full PFD, so we'll see how if that turns out to be true. But again, Alaska, I tell you, Liz Snyder voted against a resolution that 35 other House reps decided to vote for to show unity in the fact that we are upset as a state that the Biden administration is pulling all these stops, writing executive orders, stopping the exploration, development, and economic viability of this state for its natural resources. I think that would have been an easy, yeah, I'm on board. Liz Snyder, if you're if you're representing the people of Alaska and its economic viability, why would you not be on board? But here we go. Here we go. Liz Snyder making a splash by saying, nope, I'm going to oppose our economic backbone by saying, no, oh, I'm going to reject this resolution. I'm telling you, Alaska, please watch out. Watch out. Liz Snyder deceptively tried to position herself as a conservative and Republican. She tried to deceptively make herself look like one of the centrists or centrist right. And we're seeing here that she has her own agenda, and you're going to see that. I am, this is, this is just the beginning. Well, I mean, listen, politics is, is intense. We got a little intense there. But let's, let's have some lighthearted fun. Let's end this podcast on a little fun, something that's really exciting. Listen, I am proud to be a part of Must Read Alaska, and we love people that want to share our site. We, we love people that push traffic to our website. We love people that push traffic to our social media platforms and, and our podcast. And our good friend over there, Forrest Dunbar, has done just that. His letter out to uh, garner more fundraising efforts proved to be a wonderful thing for Must Read Alaska. His fundraising pitch really helped Must Read Alaska, and I want to thank him as a member of the team here at Must Read Alaska. Thank you. I mean, what you wrote wasn't true, but putting our name in there 
man, I, I appreciate that so, so much. And I think our fearless leader, Suzanne Downing, really did too. And according to Suzanne, I mean, I'm quoting her, this is publicity that money just can't buy. When you send thousands of letters to to people that have never heard of Must Read Alaska, or at least I would assume some of them, I we appreciate that. I Listen, I don't know. Maybe an uptick in our traffic. I don't see those analytics, but I do appreciate that. And nonetheless, by a left-leaning candidate, I mean, Forrest, thank you. That was very kind of you. You didn't have to do that. I, I do appreciate that. So for, from from Suzanne's heart, she sent a $5 donation to Forrest. I mean, it was, in her words, it was the least she could do for all that publicity. So Forrest, I want to say thank you. Thank you for, for helping with the clicks, brother. Thank you for helping for the the, the analytic push. I, I do appreciate that. I appreciate you sending people to understand the full spectrum of news, not just the left side. And you know what? For that, I am truly thankful. I'm not thankful for what you wrote because I don't think any of it is true at all. But I do appreciate the shout out, my friends. And nonetheless, something that you paid for on your own dime. Thank you, my man. That is that is awesome. So again, Suzanne Downing, our fearless leader, gave a $5 donation. Uh, we have a little uh, little blurb up there in the website. It's under running against Anchorage, question mark. Forrest Dunbar does massive publicity for Must Read Alaska. And again, Forrest, thank you. Truly, truly appreciate that. Truly appreciate that. And and I hope you spend that $5 wisely. Um, but thank you. And, and if you want to help support Must Read Alaska, I want to encourage you, go to mustreadalaska.com. Go to the right side of the webpage and click donate. And like I said, anything helps. We love presenting and providing and creating and developing content that you want to consume. It is our favorite. And Mr. Dunbar has made it that much better for those who don't even know who Must Read Alaska is. Thank you for that. And uh, and if you haven't signed up for the newsletter or our MRAC newsletter, which talks about more of the legislation, please do so. You can go on to mustreadalaska.com to find all of those needs. Um, or you can go to clubmrac.com. That's M-R-A-K.com. And listen, there is a lot of great stuff in there. Okay, so that's club, M-R-A-K, all one word, dot com to sign up for that newsletter. There's some great tidbits, some fun stuff, and you get to know what's going on in Juno. I would be remiss if I did not plug all of our social platforms and our video platforms. So here we go. <clears throat> we have Facebook, Twitter, Parler, MeWe, Rumble, YouTube. Am I missing anything? Let's just start with those. And they're all under the handle of Must Read Alaska, all one word. Check it out. Subscribe, like, share, do it all. Because we are putting out content on a daily basis. It's important for us to make sure you get the side of the news that the the mainstream media is not covering at all. So that is our job. It is to give you a conservative viewpoint of what's going on. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate you. And until next week, we'll see you later.